Boss Uncaged is a weekly podcast that releases the origin stories of business owners and entrepreneurs as they become uncaged trailblazers. In each episode, our hosts, S.A. Grant and guests construct narrative accounts of their collective business journeys and growth strategies. Learn key success habits and how to stay motivated through failure, all while developing a boss uncaged mindset. Break out of your cage and welcome our host, S.A. Grant. Welcome, welcome back to Boss and Cage Podcast. On today's show, we have a special guest. His name is Berdeep. But I want you guys to really understand, like, my nickname for this man is going to be the complete boss because that's part of his branding, right? That's part of his story. It's part of who he is. And as you listen to him deliver the content on this particular episode, you're going to see why I call him the complete boss. So without further ado, Berdeep, the floor is yours. Who are you? Hey, thank you. I really appreciate you having me on your show. Well, who am I? Well, in simple terms, I, I would say I'm just a, a regular guy that that tries to do his best every day. I'm a father of two young kids. I got a seven-year-old and a five-year-old. I got a beautiful wife. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm also a son. I'm a brother. And I just try to live every day as I can. Um, but as uh, I had an interesting upbringing, you can say. I was raised by two immigrant parents who moved here from India with next to nothing. And and they basically taught me how to be successful in a lot of ways. Um, but they also struggled and I learned from their struggles. And uh, the way they worked is really a, a key reason why I do what I do because I saw them work with sheer work ethic and, and they, they created a successful life. But th- there are some things that they were challenged with that if they had just made some minor tweaks and I think that's why I do what I do in terms of helping entrepreneurs and professionals. Their life would have been a little bit different, you can say, especially my dad. My dad is a big reason why I do what I do is because, uh, you know, he worked his butt off of and was a very strong man and his, uh, had a business. And so he was successful from that perspective, but he was never really fulfilled with life. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's something missing for him. And I could tell and I could see that. And as a result, he also struggled with alcoholism. So there were parts of his relationship that he's missing with my mom and just not having his family around because the majority of his family was in India, back in India. And I think he was trying to make up for certain things. And, um, and he worked a lot. And I think his life kind of represents a lot in a lot of ways how a lot of entrepreneurs work is that they end up spending a lot of time in their business to provide for their families. And along the way, they end up sacrificing themselves and their happiness and their level of fulfillment. And, and so I, I took a look at basically, uh, you know, what I really wanted to do in life because I spent 14 years in the corporate world and I was very tactical, you can say. My goal was to be a CEO of a major corporation and I, and I went into different areas of business. I left pretty much every division from sales to marketing to operations to customer experience to innovation because I wanted to be that ideal CEO. And then uh, one day, I, I just literally was tired of it. And I said, I'm done. I walked into work and I quit. And I started my consulting and coaching firm and haven't looked back since. But uh, ever since then, we've, I've kind of narrowed it down. Our consulting practice, we work with many different industry uh, businesses, many different industries and in many different areas from marketing to operations to all the things that I talked about before. But my, my passion is specifically coaching entrepreneurs, executives, and professionals, uh, specifically men. And I chose men is because there's not that many resources out there for men. There's a lot of female entrepreneur groups, 
but not that many specifically for men that help them ba- balance their business and their life to live a holistic life. Uh, because it's easy to go out there and get business advice, uh, but blending that business progress with your family progress, with your own personal life progress is a whole different ballgame. And so that's really what I'm passionate about because um, to sum it up, my dad's goal was to hit 65. Hmm. That was his milestone was to, that was the time when he was going to say, I did it. I came to this country with next to nothing. I raised a successful family. I have a successful business and he was never going to retire, but he was going to take his foot off the gas. Uh, but he, because of his alcoholism, he struggled with diabetes and because of that heart disease and he died from a sudden heart attack at 64 and a half, um, working alone, um, really interesting situation. I'm, I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason, but, um, you know, there were some challenges there and, and uh, I look back and I say, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to see any other guy live that way and not sacrifice and suffer. So that's, that's what gets me up every morning and, and driven to do what I do. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think you, you, you've given us like a, a complete insight, right? And I guess you, people could start to understand why I'm starting to lead them down that road of why I'm calling you the complete boss. So let, let's take it back a little bit, right? If you could define yourself in three to five words, what three to five words would you choose for yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So a visionary, I'm a leader and a driver. You know, these are these are three things that I've I've really ingrained into my identity and very purposefully because um, that's how I live. I've I've lived like this for the most part of my life. There were times when I did not and I didn't feel aligned with who I was. But this is why my mission is really to help men specifically because I think a lot of men have lost their path. I have lost their ways. Um, I look at some of the key leaderships and, um, I, you know, I can make fun of poke the bear a little bit because I live in Canada, but, you know, in the U.S. Politi- political system, for example, we lack a lot of lead- leadership. And I'm not saying it's not lacking in Canada, but we just have very poor role models for men in general. So that's why I, I'm looking at the future in terms of what we need to do uh, fr- from a, not only a business standpoint, but as society. Uh, I'm there to help men and coach men and mentor men along the way. Uh, and I'm all about results uh, because... You know, it's great to be motivational out there. There's a lot of motivational speakers and it's very easy to do that with social media these days. But unless what you talk about, what you teach or share with your audience, uh, unless you have a system and a practical way for them to actually execute, it's, it doesn't really mean anything. And so those are the three core elements that I live by. So, I mean, and part of that, I mean, you brought up that you are here to help men. And I think I remember it was uh, episode 46 on your podcast and you were talking about like pain and men in general. And you had brought up, uh, I think it was like a proverb. It was um, Buddhist principles of suffering and you related it towards business. So if you don't mind, you kind of just touch bases on that. And I think that's part of your premise of what you're doing with men, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that uh, that Buddhist proverb that you're talking about is sacrifice is resistance against pain. Because, and it, it's prolonged resistance. So a lot of us, uh, especially men, will continue to do the same thing, trying to get different results, and we'll just do it out of sheer will. And we'll burn ourselves out if we have to. But that ends up creating suffering. And that's not what we're meant to do. And pain is not a bad thing. Because pain is a teacher. It's there to tell us that something we're doing is not right, our path is not right, or we have to adjust ourselves internally to align with that path. That's what pain is there for. But every time we resist that, we are not growing as individuals and we keep hitting that wall. And the, the more we hit that wall, 
you know, it's just like first time we'll get bruised. Then after, you know, we might break something, then we'll get bloodied. And then eventually it's like, you know, you just feel down and out. And so accepting that pain is important. And that's the same thing for business, because if your business is going, is not going well, and this is, this is something that we've seen with COVID is if you were suffering as a result of COVID, yes, there's challenges because of, you know, the, the regulations, the government had to shut certain things down. And, uh, and so I can understand that. Uh, but if you're still suffering a year later, then you have to say, okay, you have to choose a different path and say, maybe I, and I, we've had to take people through, we've consulted businesses and shifting their entire business. They've had to shut down their entire business and restart into something else. If you're a true entrepreneur and business owner, that's something you may have to do uh, because that, that is, that is a different path that you have to choose. So it's, it's important uh, to take a look because everything, uh, in, in business, for example, is relatable to your personal life. Mm-hmm. And, and those, you, the same lessons apply. And my wife and I, we have this conversation all the time. And, and this is more philosophical, but it's more practical as well. Is that if you don't get the lesson the first time when it's a small lesson, you're going to keep getting bigger and bigger lessons until you change your ways. And, and so I think, for, for example, this past year has been a big teacher for a lot of businesses, business leaders. Mm-hmm. To say, you got to do something different. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, talking about like more of the psychological aspect of like, you know, pain versus pleasure. Like Mm -hmm. what's the the best versus the worst experience you've had since you've created your business? Um, The best experience I have, and I have this on a consistent basis, Mm -hmm. is is when I see my clients and I see the changes, not in their business, but in their personal lives. Mm -hmm. That, that for me is what keeps me going. When men say, uh, you know, I can see their confidence and how they take that confidence in the, whatever. So their business isn't doing well. So they're taking that lack of confidence into their relationship as well and how they live. And so for me, the biggest pleasure is seeing when they, their lives change. They're stronger in their relationships with their spouses. They're showing up better as fathers. So that, that's what keeps me going. Um, pain for me in business in all honesty, I, I don't, I feel frustration more than anything. And then actually let me pinpoint it because this is, this is very, um, uh, you know, very transparent from this perspective. My business doesn't bother me. It doesn't get me down because I know there's ups and downs, but I do get frustrated when I'm spending my work hours in my business. And there's one particular area that isn't going well, um, at times is the digital marketing side. And, and that for me is frustrating because the way I've structured my business is that uh, we don't do the digital marketing in-house because I don't believe that gives us a competitive advantage. And so anything that doesn't give us a competitive advantage based on the way I've structured my business, uh, because it's high margin, uh, the business that we do from a consulting coaching standpoint, um, I, I only have a handful of employees. Everybody else is, whether it's outsourced or contractors or whatever that looks like. And I've done it very purposefully because... Um, I've created a lifestyle for myself mm-hmm. and digital marketing is one of the areas that I've said, okay, it's not something I'd, I want to have in-house. There's guys, it's going way too fast. It's moving way too fast of an industry. So I'd rather have the best of the best, but even the best of the best sometimes don't perform. Um, and the, and the promises, uh, are there, but the results aren't necessarily. So I get frustrated because a lot of the digital marketing agencies are paid force by service or for service, mm-hmm. not on results. And that, that kind of pees me off a little bit because I'm, I'm, I'm 
all for paying a lot of money if I have to mm-hmm. uh, for results. But I just don't like it when agencies promise something and they don't provide the results. And unfortunately, I think we see a lot of that because it's one of the easiest things to get into digital marketing, right? Anybody can become a so-called digital marketing expert overnight. Um, and so I think that's that's my biggest pet peeve right now or my challenge in the business is the digital marketing side. Yeah, it's definitely interesting you brought that up because on, on one side of my business, I, you know, I have an, a marketing agency that kind of deals in it. And, and you're definitely right. There's this pros and cons to that, like to explain to a client that this particular service is going to be X amount for X amount of time just to set it up and to create that content and develop that content without saying that there's going to be a guarantee. Now, you can point them in the right direction, but there's no guarantee because to your point, the market is constantly changing. Mm. The algorithms are constantly changing. So as on on the agency side, our objective is essentially to build up so that way at least you have enough content to flood the market and hit the X, the Ys, and Zs and make the shifts if that needs to happen. But I definitely agree with you. It's kind of like, imagine if agencies were paid on results. How many agencies would exist? Yeah. So um, just going into your business structure a little bit, right? I mean, are you more S-Corp, a LLC, a C-Corp? Yeah, well, our structure is a little bit different here in Canada. So it's mm-hmm. LLC. We're, uh, it's an incorporated business. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And I do that for a reason is because mainly for the legal liability, because uh, any incorporation, there's limited liability from that standpoint. And then we have other offshoots structured underneath that because mm-hmm. we have a division for consulting. We have a division for coaching. Um, we're also creating a division for M&As, mergers and acquisitions. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty, pretty cool. So what, what systems do you guys have in place that kind of help you overcome some of the hurdles that are presented to you on a day-to-day basis? Well, our, our big uh, premise, uh, one of the biggest things that we focus on because my background is in innovation is really creativity. Uh, and that's, uh, I'm a big driver in that. Um, so we internally as an organization focus on creativity, two things, creativity and results. Oh, actually I should say three teamwork, creativity and results. Those are our three main premises. You can say that we operate on, we have to work together, positive atmosphere. We're there for each other. Um, and then creativity is very important. It's one of my favorite passions as well. And, and it is one of the core aspects of business. You have to, again, if you take a look at Peter Drucker in terms of, uh, you know, one of the, the probably the most famous business management consultant in, that ever lived. He talks about business. You have to be good at two things, marketing and innovation. And um, my background, that's uh, formally academically as well, is also an innovation. And, um, and um, I just love it. I've, I've been a student of innovation for years. But we focus on that because any challenge can be overcome through creativity through the process of creativity, through the process of innovation. So if people learn that, if your employees learn how to be creative and innovative, because it is actually a process, mm-hmm. then your business will thrive because it's the businesses that get stuck uh, in their ways and their thinking. And that ultimately, you know, people say that techno- it's not technology or regulations. In, in some aspects, regulations can kill a business, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we have seen that. But it's the people that will actually drive the results of the business, uh, whether it thrives or it doesn't thrive, because technology is based on people. Mm. Everything you do in business, your systems are based on people. Um, this is something that we consult on is we, we have a three-pronged approach, which is uh, people, strategy, and systems. Mm. And uh, those, all three of those elements are very important. And when we used to consult in organizations, we used to start with strategy first. 
Um, it, because that was one of our strong suits as well. And we would go in, we would say, okay, what kind of, what's your strategy? What do you want to accomplish? Where do you sit within the competitive market? But we've changed that now. And we focus on people first. Mm. And that's the first thing we take a look at. What is the leadership like? What are the skills of the people about? What's a culture? Um, you know, do you, do you have the right people on your team? All of these things, because when you have the right people, then your strategy is that much more effective and then your systems are that much more effective. Um, and so that's, that's kind of uh, how we operate internally. I think the biggest thing that drives us to overcome challenges mm-hmm. is a constant desire to be creative. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's kind of cool that, that, that you said that because in, in lieu of looking at like the big household name brands like um, Bill Gates, for example, um, Steve Jobs, for example, the underline behind their successes were essentially being highly creative and having the ingenuity to adapt and change and modify the world around them without hesitation. So I, I definitely commend you for, for being in that state of mind and, and creating that kind of work ethic because it's definitely um, a powerful thing to have in your back pocket. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, and just on that note, actually, that's really important that you pointed those gentlemen out. Um, and, we, and they, you know, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, yes. you know, Steve Jobs, all those guys, um, even Bill Gates, for example, you know, it was, it was their, uh, you can say creativity, their innovative approach, uh-huh. and it was their ability to market. You know, we don't look at their, them as individuals and see how good they are as marketers, but they're phenomenal marketers. Phenomenal. They are the best of the best marketers. And I'm not talking about marketing tactics in terms of how you create digital media content. We're talking about how do you present an idea and get people sold on it. Mm-hmm. Like if we take a look at Elon Musk, he's brilliant at that. You know, he just mm-hmm. sold the Tesla truck, hundreds of thousands of units. Uh, they don't even have a production line stuff. Why? Because yeah. he was, he's good at marketing. Um, and I think if people get good at marketing and innovation, they'll def- their business will definitely thrive. Yeah, definitely. So on this journey, right? I mean, obviously you've been in this business for a period of time and, and somebody that maybe just found you today, maybe like, oh my God, who's this guy? He came out of nowhere. He's an overnight success. But in reality, it probably took you <laughs> 20 years. How long have you been on your journey to success? Oh, well, I've been on my journey uh, to success for decades uh, because this everything that I built. So I've, I've been in the world of, you can say, human potential and personal development since I was in high school, um, early age, because I started studying neuroscience, <clears throat> excuse me, and performance psychology at that time. Uh, and that was the underlying driver of everything that I do at this point. All my business success, for example, throughout the corporate world and now is all based on who I am and the skills that I've developed in terms of human potential. Mm. Not necessarily the business. Like I've been to six different business schools. Um, that's the easy stuff. That is, that is the easy stuff. It's how we manage ourselves and how we manage our employees as leaders. That's, and how do we get them motivated? How do we understand their challenges? How do we get them to execute effectively? If you can get really good at that, that's, that's, the, that's what business success is really f- comes from. But this has been a long time in the making. Like I've literally... Uh, you know, reading thousands of books, for example, literally spending thousands of hours, tens of thousands of hours developing myself mm-hmm. as a human being, as a person, as a leader, as a man, um, that and failing and, and going through challenges, whether that's on the mm-hmm. personal side um, or the business side, because there was a time that, you know, in 2008, for example, my real estate business just kaplunked and it took mm-hmm. me a number of years to, to, to recover from that. That was a big hit. So uh, it, it's, a, it's a long time. I, I would say um, the business development or the development or growth of a business 
is directly in correlation with the growth of the person leading that business. And I think that's what people need to understand. Uh, for me, it was a long time in the making. Yeah, I think I think you bring up a solid point, and it, it kind of it reminds me of another episode that you guys recently did. I think it was episode fifty three with um, his name was X and Story, and it was the power mm -hmm. of story. So I think mm -hmm. what you just did, without even thinking about it, like you kind of define the power of a story by answering that question about your twenty year journey. So I, if you just want to kind of dive into that just a little bit more, I mean, like obviously you have marketing, you have profiles, you have all these different outlets of marketing strategies, but in each one of your particular marketing sectors, you're telling a distinct story. Yeah, absolutely. I think, again, it goes to reaching out to the audience mm -hmm. and what each, uh, each person, what relates to them. Because the one thing I've learned is that, especially in the coaching world, it's really interesting because I've had people reach out to me because of one particular thing that they've heard. And whether it was a story, even the story of my challenges uh, or my father's challenges with alcoholism. Mm -hmm. uh, and people have reached out to me and said, you know what, that's something I'm struggling with. Can you help me with that? Mm -hmm. um, and, and so I think people, we are, again, this, this is the cliche is we're, we're dealing with people and that's, that's basically what it is. So, but in, in every single thing, everybody on the surface wants something different. Mm -hmm. Right. Some people want money. Some people want more flexibility. Some people want a better team. But underlying all of that, underneath all of that, are very similar needs that everybody has. Um, and if you have a story that meets those underlying needs, then you'll be able to meet their surface level needs as well. Because no one comes. Uh, it's, it's interesting. A lot of guys don't come to me and say, <clears throat> "Excuse me, um, hey, Pradeep, I want to have a better relationship with my wife," but. Uh, underlying they do because their their business is struggling because they don't have a good relationship with their wife. Mm. And if they can figure that out, then their business will thrive. So it's it's all about connecting to someone's underlying needs. Hmm. So yeah, definitely a, a cause and effect. So with that cause and effect, right? I mean, obviously you have, I always ask this question because I think obviously you had a journey, mm. but if you can go back and change one thing, what would that one thing be? Hmm. That's a, are you talking, are you asking from a business perspective or life perspective? Well, for you, I, I kind of feel like they're, you're balanced, right? So they're, they're essentially one and the same, right? You're, you're saying if someone's having a problem with their wife, that's affecting their business, they have a problem with their business affecting their wife. So I asked that question generally like that to kind of see what your take would be. Yeah, I, I would say um, if there was one thing in business that I would do, and I could talk about personal too. The one thing in business would be when I first started the cons coaching consulting firm, mm -hmm. um, I focused a lot on our systems, meaning that what we were going to deliver to our clients, not enough on marketing, mm -hmm. because I wanted to make sure that our clients were getting results and that we, we had a great, not just a good product, a great product and service for our clients. Like I wanted us to be the best, which was not the I would say the best approach because we didn't miss out on, I would well, maybe we did miss out on some opportunity, but we didn't grow as fast at the beginning as we could have. Mm. And I think that's the one thing. So we focus, and I see this a lot in the coaching and consulting space where people want to focus more on the product and service rather than actual marketing. Um, mm. And the analogy that I use is Elon Musk. He didn't have a perfect prototype when he went out there and sold a, a Tesla truck. Actually, it was somewhat defective. 
and he sold hundreds of thousands of units because his marketing was awesome. So I think that's the one lesson I learned is whatever we do, regardless of how good we are, we always have to focus on marketing and we always have to be on top, um, on par with marketing. On the personal side, um, and this is something that's very near and dear to me, is I probably would have, um, I, I, I wish I would have understood my dad a little bit more. Hmm. And I think that's what it is because um, I, because of my dad's challenges, uh, it, I started to take a look at why people do what they do at a young age. Like I was literally under less than 10 when I would wonder why would my dad drink that much or, you know, why is he talking like that after he drinks? And, and I started to try to figure him out. And that's really what got me interested in, in male psychology, you can say. And, <clears throat> but as much as I, tr I learned throughout my years, even as a young adult, um, and I had learned, you can say, psychology around men and women and men in society, I didn't fully understand my dad. And it wasn't until probably even now, these <clears throat> excuse me, my voice is, voice is going off today, but even now, um, these moments that I have, when I look back, I, I'll, I'll experience something or feel something. And I'll be like, I'll have this moment. I'll be like, that's how dad felt. Mm. Now I understand. Now I understand what he went through. Now I understand why he said what he said or did what he did or made that decision. This is complete sense. I'm, I wish I would have been able to go back and at least say to my dad, I understand at that time. Because okay. uh, uh, as men in particular, we don't reach out a lot to other people when we're, when we're struggling in business, whatever that is, because that can be a direct hit to our ego. My dad didn't have a lot of people that he he uh, would go to, uh, and I felt for him because in a lot of ways he was alone. Um, but I wish I would have been there a little bit more to have said, "Dad, I understand." Hmm. Yeah, I mean that's definitely some interesting insight. So I mean that kind of just brings me back into like your entrepreneurial background, right? So I think you kind of alluded to this a little bit. Who else in your family was an entrepreneur, and and because of that, do you think that's a factor to your current success? Well, um, I would say my family as a whole wasn't very entrepreneurial, except for mm. my my parents. Um, so they were a big factor for me because I uh, and we were in the agriculture business. We still are. And so mm. when my parents had their business, they were actually doing very well, not only from a work ethic because of work ethic, because mm. they worked their butts off, but because they just had to work smart and they had to, they were actually, they treated their employees really well. So what I learned is other people in the same industry were having challenges and they weren't mm. making the same amount of money. And I was wondering, I'm like, what's going on? Why are my parents able to do this and be successful when someone has the exact same type of business um, and they're not doing well? And so that's when I started to take a look at business and it really came down to the leadership style. So I wasn't per se about the tactical components, but how do people lead in businesses? Because I took a look at my parents' leadership and people always wanted to work for us. And to this day, they still do. They would rather work for us than other people in the industry. Uh, and, and that has uh, had a major impact uh, on me because rather than just the business, it was more about how do people lead businesses? Hmm. Um, that was a big element. I have other cousins, for example, that are successful in business. Um, and they're much older than I am. And they were successful. They've built very strong family businesses. Um, that's something that we work with on the consultant side and coaching side as well, because I think there's a lot of strength in, in family businesses yeah. if when done well. Um, I know there's also challenges that happen, especially um, between generations, 
but I'm a bit, I, I love family businesses because it gives an opportunity to, for the family to work together for individuals, the siblings, the spouses to work together and uh, create something greater than, than um, you can say public businesses, you know, especially. Mm. Uh, so uh, that's kind of in a nutshell, if I answered your question, hopefully I did. Really? Yeah, you definitely, yeah. You definitely nailed it. I mean, I, I definitely like your, your particular answers to the questions because not only are they detailed, but again, you're also telling your story in a very powerful fashion. So I definitely uh, appreciate that. Um, moving forward, how do you, because I mean, obviously you, you have a, um, a connection with your dad. So obviously that makes you by default big into family. How do you juggle your current work life with your family life? Well, it really comes down to aligning values. I mean, everything that we do, everything we make our decisions on is based on our values as men. And this again is something that my grandfather taught me at a very young age. And my grandfather was in the military for decades in the British Indian Army. And he was also a very spiritual man. His father, my great-grandfather, was a spiritual and a religious teacher for 50 years in India. So we grew up, I grew up in a very interesting household with uh, very masculine, disciplined men, for example. My dad was also a police, ex-police officer in India. Um, and my grandfather teaching me uh, the world of discipline with the world of, of spirituality and belief. And both my grandfather and my dad were very strong family men. That was what they lived for, was for their family. And I just, I just grew up in that. Even though my dad wasn't perfect, he was always there as a, as a dad for me. I, there was not one moment where I could say, uh, if I asked for something, he wouldn't be there to give it. And so uh, that, I, I just grew up with that, I would say. And when, my, when I got married, here's what my dad said to me. He actually sat me down. And we didn't have these deep conversations very often. Mm -hmm. But he would say to me, he said, he said to me that time, and I still remember it, because this is what I'll share with my son. And when that time comes for him, he said, you know what, pretty good friends, you have other things that you do, you have other priorities, but now that you're getting married, your wife and your future kids are your number one priority. Hmm. That's what you as a man should hold most important. Hmm. And so our values, and my grandfather was very much into values and principles as being a man. And so that's what's been ingrained in, into me today. And I think that's the one thing that keeps me going in terms of the decisions that I make, because I'm very strong with my values. Family is very up there when it comes to um, my decision-making. I always take a look, how is this impacting my family? And so the work-life balance is always a tricky one. Uh, it's never perfect, but I've structured it to a point now where I know um, where my limits are. And I'm also reminded, I'm just like every other guy, I'm reminded by my kids, I'm reminded by my wife, um, my kids say all the time, dad, you know, and my son, he knows he's seven years old, but he knows how to push my buttons. He knows how to get a, a response out of me because he's like, dad, what's more important, your work or us? Mm. And, you know, that that gives me a sign because that's like, OK, maybe I've been working too hard during the week or today that I just need to spend a little bit more time with them. And I think we know as men and and just women, too, I think we know when we're out of balance. It's, something just doesn't feel right. But the way I've structured my life now, I'm very, um, you can say, um, it's very structured from the perspective. I know when I'm working and I know when I'm not working. Mm -hmm. And I just don't cross those lines. Um, and here's why. Uh, a, from a fulfillment perspective, because the way our coaching works and the way I work with men is I've learned that here's, here's what people want in life, especially men. Men want to perform at their best. 
Men want to achieve their goals and aspirations because there's no other point in performing if you're not going to achieve something. But the one thing that they're also missing is the fulfillment aspect. And so a lot of guys will perform and achieve and they'll go back into that cycle of performance and achievement without going into the cycle of fulfillment, which is actually taking time to enjoy why you're working so hard. And when you actually enjoy that fulfillment aspect, you actually perform better and you achieve more. That is what completing the cycle is all about. And so I would be a total hypocrite if I didn't do that myself, but I was coaching and teaching other people how to do that. Mm. And I've caught myself uh, many times where I'm saying, I'm not, I'm not fulfilling my life like I should be. Mm. And so I have to pause and I have to step back and I should do that. Like, for example, yesterday was family day uh, in Canada. And uh, it was a day off for the kids, a day off for my wife. And I had the choice because there's a number of things that I should have got done, but I just said, you know what, what's the point? Like, you know, there's always going to be days where I could do work. This is family day. My kids are off and I'm going to do that. So it's just setting those priorities. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, definitely appreciate that answer. It kind of, to your point, if you're talking to men and you're talking to family men, I think that resonates through and through to our core, not just on an intellectual level, but to our hearts as well. So it's, it's balancing both out greatly. Um, so it seems like you have a very strict regimen to a certain extent. So what are your morning routines like? Sure. Um, I'll give you a play by play. Mm -hmm. Uh, so my morning routines are are fairly similar except for a couple of days. So I I get up in the morning and typically up about five. Mm -hmm. And then the first thing I do is meditate Mm -hmm. because that's important for your, your brain waves to be going into meditative state at that time. Then I'll actually read. That's the next thing I do. And, and then I go into a mini creative session. And, and then I just spend some time in terms of brainstorming some ideas for the day or for my business. And then I'll actually go and exercise. And so mm-hmm. then I'll go work out. And that's when after that, then my day will start. I'll shower and get ready. And then my day will begin. And off I go, except for Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays, where my, when my wife is actually at work. Mm-hmm. So she does 12-hour shifts those days. She's in the medical field and I, uh, I get the kids ready in the morning. So those days I actually, I do my meditation. I do the reading, I do the creativity, but then I sneak into my kid's bed for about a half an hour. Uh, I have a daughter and a five-year-old and a seven-year-old son and I'll spend about 15 minutes each and I'll just snuggle with them uh, because that is important to me. Um, it oh. fuels me for the day and it's important for them because now they get to snuggle with me and, and there's nothing, there's nothing in between. There's no work, oh. um, no other disturbances. It's just me and them. Uh, and then oh. I get them ready, drop them off at school. And then, I, and then I come back and I work out. So the, typically my morning routine oh. is, is, is that. Nice. Nice. I think, um, I would say people always fall into the trap when I ask that question. And it's a segue to why I decided to create a boss uncaged book club. And it's that one of your definitions was you read books. So my, my next question is, is obviously a three part question. One is, you know, what books are you currently reading right now? Two is what books helped you get to currently where you are? And then obviously three is you have your own book as well. So I, I want you to kind of plug that book and kind of tell us a little bit about that book. Yeah, absolutely. So um, what book am I reading right now? Actually, I have a copy right here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, uh, uh, it's called the Siri Guru Grantsad. Hmm. And this book is the vo- volume one of the Sikh Bible. Um, and so my background is Sikh. Um, it's, it's a very small religion, you can say, in India. And, and the reason why I'm reading this book is because it's actually a translated version 
um, of the original language because I can't read it. It's just a completely different language. Mm -hmm. But um, the Sikh religion, and I'm a religious person from the philosophical standpoint, for example, but I'm also very spiritual. The Sikh religion is very much about uh, a way of life rather than just a, a religion. Mm, um, sure. So they don't really classify themselves as a religion per se. It's more of a way of life um, because they believe they believe that every every person should have the right to believe in their own religion, mm. uh, and, and that's that's the main thing. And so I'm reading this book because it's all about philosophy. It's all a way of life, uh, and a lot of the things that my grandfather taught me as a young child. Um, in terms of how to be a man, how to be a strong man, how mm. to be a pr principled man, how to live with values. Because there's two most important things in the, in, in I'm going to say religion, because that's how it's technically identified, the Sikh religion, that uh, are the main principles of life. One is Simran, which is basically um, looking from within. So meditation from within, because uh, we, our universe starts from within. And that's mm. a big concept of the principles I use in the complete man book, which I'll talk about here in a little bit. Mm -hmm. The second one is what we call seva, which is giving to others. Hmm. And so I'm going into this to now, as I'm reading this, I'm connecting all the dots of what my grandfather taught mm -hmm. me in the religious text and how I'm living today. So it's actually really interesting for me because I'm like, now I see why I do what I do. And this is connecting to this. Mm -hmm. um, the books that have led me to where I am in terms of help me, the first book that I ever um, read from a, you can say a um, self-help book, a personal development book was As a Man Thinketh mm. um, and, you know, Think and Grow Rich. Those were the two original books I, I read decades ago. Um, from there, there's a number of other books. Um, and I think the main important thing, like The War of Art is another one I think is one of my favorites, for example. Mm. Um, uh, Sun Tzu. You know, yeah, yeah. Like just, just brilliant concepts out there. Um, there, wow, there's so many books. I'm just going to look at my shelf here if there's any other ones that really stand out for me. Yeah, I mean, that was I, another reason why I asked the question. I'm looking at your library behind you, yeah. and I'm just like, yes. Yeah, um, those are the ones that really stand out. I read, I read more technical – sorry, mm -hmm. I was turned around. I, I read more technical books now mm -hmm. because I, I've built a foundation of, you can say, the general principles of self-help, mm -hmm. um, and now it's actually more refinement and mastery. Mm -hmm. But I would just anybody out there; those are those are really good books to read. I think, especially for men, as a man thinketh, mm. um, which kind of leads me to why I wrote the, the complete man book, which is my newest book that's out. It just released um, at the end of 2020, is because it was it's a it's literally decades of work. All my mm. it's a compilation of everything that I've taken from the personal development world, you can say, as well as some key aspects from the business side, because it is specifically for men, more geared towards businessmen, family-oriented businessmen. Um, but it's basically taking all of the elements of being a man and flushing that out in a very practical way so that men have a, a handbook or a guideline and certain steps that they can take to improve their life. So the, the subtitle of the book is Achieve Ultimate Performance, Fulfillment, and Victory in Every Area of Your Life. Not just one, in every. Because we as men want to be successful in all aspects. Um, but a lot of us are not because we focus too much in one area. And so this helps. Um, there's another element to this book as well, which is the state of men today. Because it, it is almost a negative to be a masculine man. 
to be a strong man. It's uh, this whole concept of toxic masculinity and, and, you know, men being leaders. No, um, I'm all for women being leaders. I'm a total supporter of that. That's actually a key principle in, in the Sikh religion is men and women are equal. Um, but I also believe that men are leaders. We're drivers. And it, there's a biological and neurobiological aspect. Um, and, and a lot of guys are confused today in terms of what it means to be men. Like, am I supposed to be the leader of my family or, you know, do, is it, is it bad to be too masculine or how do I raise my children? Do I raise my son as a son and my daughter as a daughter? Like, do I treat them differently? Am I supposed to remain neutral because society is all about gender neutrality now? Mm -hmm. So I clarify a lot of the stuff from my perspective and my research in this book mm -hmm. to give men more clarity in terms of how to live mm -hmm. a more functional, successful and happier life. Yeah, yeah I definitely, um, commend you for one, for writing the book, right? For two, taking the time to kind of illustrate, again, another powerful story about what your book is going to help someone achieve. So I, I definitely, I look forward to getting my hands on a copy of it and reading it myself personally. And I'll also make a recommendation on the book club for it as well. Yeah, um, awesome. Great. So just moving forward, right? So, I mean, you're, you're on this hell of a journey. It took you decades to get to currently to where you are, but your journey is far from being over, right? I mean, that's one of the reasons why I've deemed you the complete boss because you are like a complete individual complete business person complete man and the complete package but where do you see yourself because in the journey i think that you're constantly growing so where do you see yourself in 20 years ah oh, 20 years yeah it's really interesting if if i take a look at my ultimate mission mm -hmm. 20 years from now um my end goal is my kids will be older um you know, if they'll be with me at that time, we'll see how how close they are. But um, in between there, my my goal is to travel the world with my family and educate my kids on the importance of life, the importance of nature, the importance of different cultures, and respecting what we have, and teaching other people the same. So as we go and building animal shelters around the world, I'm a big animal lover, and I believe mm -hmm. that we should appreciate nature and uh, animals as they are. Um, and so whether that's endangered species or just abused animals, mis mistreated animals, that's a big thing that I'm focused on. So in 20 years, that's where I see myself from a mission standpoint is doing that. I still see myself working um, with men and consulting. Um, my goal in 20 years is to be the leading consulting agency for professional men. Hmm. That, that is my goal, um, specifically for men. Uh, family-oriented men where they can go and they can say, I, I just want to have a better life in general. I want to have a better business. I want to have a better life. Um, and we are the main organization that supports that. Hmm. Hmm. So I think that that's another good gateway into this, this next question. Let's say I am 55 years old and I've had a long career in corporate America. And I'm at that point in time to where, you know, I'm thinking about retiring, but I don't want to stop working. And I want to kind of get into business. I want to become an entrepreneur. What words of insight would you give to me on this journey moving forward? Well, um, I would say it's a, it's never too late because we work with men even in their early seventies, for example. Mm -hmm. And so uh, if you desire to do something, uh, do it because ultimately it's, it's, it's a number of things that will actually lead you to it. It's, Okay, why do you want to do it? So do you have a purpose behind it? Mm -hmm. um, do you have a passion behind it? 
And can you be driven? Can you be motivated to, mm. to follow through? And I think those, especially at that age, you know, if you're 55, you've been in corporate America, you've built, you know, let's say some, uh, a nest egg or some kind of stability where you have the option of, of moving into something different. I would highly encourage you to do it because especially in the later years, I see a lot of men that have been successful in work, but it's not their passion. And in their later years, they're like, oh, I wish I would have done something different. So that is a perfect opportunity to actually do it. And if you have a, a skill or an expertise, it's great because one of the grow, fastest growing industries right now is consulting and coaching in North America. It's massive. If you have a skill, now is the best time to actually go out there and share that skill with other people because people are willing to pay for it. The biggest piece of advice I would say if you're going to start a business is to start a business around the foundation should be solving a problem. Mm. I see a lot of people trying to be innovative and stuff like that. That to me is, is kind of like, um, it's not the best strategy mm-hmm. at the beginning. You know, it's, it's kind of like, I look at that for the, the guys that are starting from the garage, young kids that have the time, um, you know, have a decade or two to be able to build a business. If you're later in your years, you want to solve a problem. Mm-hmm. And you want to find a problem that's out there. And if you're in the corporate world and you're a leader or you're, you have specific expertise, you're already solving a problem. And guaranteed, if you're solving a problem for your current business, there's another business out there that has that same problem. So find those problems and solve them. That's the easiest way to start a business. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Great, 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 great insight. Uh, so how can people find you online? I mean, obviously, you have multiple different platforms. What's the best way to get in contact with you? Uh, well, the the best way is just to, you can reach out to me. You can go to my website, pradeepsanga.com and in the corner, or you, there's a contact form there too. You can email me, I'll respond directly, or you can connect with me if you just want to follow some of my work. You can connect with me on Instagram or LinkedIn. I'm not so much big on Facebook anymore. Those are the two main platforms. Um, just recently, a few weeks ago, got onto Clubhouse um, to to have a voice on there. So those are those are the main pl- platforms. Instagram and LinkedIn are the the two uh, two, two big ones. So, do you have any um, offerings or services that you would like to to leave our listeners with? Yeah, actually, I'm super excited because we are updating our our coaching programs for men this year, mm-hmm. and um, the one of the ones that I'm super excited about is Complete Mastery for Businessmen. So it's specifically mm-hmm. for businessmen. Uh, it's 12 weeks long to get them from point A to point B and help them achieve that one goal that they want to achieve within the first 90 days, whatever it is, however big it is. Um, that That's what this program is designed to do. And also the Complete Man book is out. Uh, the audio book is out. And uh, for your listeners, um, uh, they can go to completemanaudio.com and use a promo code VICTORY75. So that's just mm-hmm. one word completemanaudio.com, victory75, and get they'll get 75% off the audiobook. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Nice. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I definitely appreciate you uh, making that offer available to our listeners. So just going into like the bonus round, and it's kind of like I'm still recapping like everything that you've been saying and, and taking mental notes. It's kind of like that's the, the like the drawback of having a podcast. Like you're listening and you're engaged, but I'm like, what the hell is my pen and paper? Like, how can I take <laughs> notes and, and still look in, in, into the camera at the same time? So um, bonus questions, right? Um, if you could spend 24 hours with anyone dead or alive, uninterrupted for those 24 hours, who would it be and why? Uh, definitely my dad. It would be my dad because he passed suddenly. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I, I the reason is because I'd like to see him again, A, but B, because mm-hmm. he had a wealth of knowledge that I wasn't able to um, get from him because I didn't think he, you know, I was going to pass so soon. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have been able to get more of our family history, more of his experience mm-hmm. of his life overall and his life in India, for example. He had a wealth of knowledge and get to know more of our, our background and our roots because with mm-hmm. my father passing, it, it's like that whole life, like I have no clue who is who or where our background is from or origins. It's like I have mm-hmm. the little snippets that he's told me, but it's like our entire family history is gone. So that is one thing that I think is super important because as we move forward and we progress in life with technology and business, whatever it is, we also have to remember where we came from. So that's something that's very important to me. Yeah, definitely. So I I like this question because you're a family guy. So I'm going to tell you right now, the answer that you can't use, I'll I'll say the answer for you already, right? Your most significant (laughs) achievement to date would I always say if you're a family person, it's always going to be your kids, right? So outside of your kids, what is your most significant achievement to date? Hmm. Oh, well, I would say who I am as a person. Um, that, that for me is what I'm proud of the most. Um, there's times that I struggle with that as well, but that is by far the most that I'm proud of because, again, I go by the principle of what my grandfather taught me. He said people can take – they can take your – certifications away. They can take your home away. They can take your money away. They can take the shirt off your back because he experienced that. He literally experienced those challenges growing up in India in poverty. Um, but he said the one thing that he can't take away from you as a man is who you are. Hmm. And that for me, that statement stood stuck with me for the longest time. Hmm. And, and everything that I have or don't have, and this goes to the principles of the complete man, I am so comfortable with who I am as an individual. I'm continuously growing. I'm not perfect by any means. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm so content and peaceful with who I am as a person, as a man, that I feel fulfilled from that perspective because some, and I've experienced it because in 2008, I took a massive hit. But I can, I can, um, I can lose my worldly belongings and I can still feel good. I think that's what I'm, I'm, I'm most proud of. Yeah, yeah. And to be honest with you, I mean, it's like, we just met for the first time in this podcast and just by hearing your answers, I would not expect anything less than the answer that you just gave me. I mean, in the short <laughs> period of time of knowing you. So I definitely uh, appreciate that. Um, now that's the time where, you know, the microphone, the floor is yours. I mean, during this journey of these questions, any questions that may have come up that you want to ask me? Yeah, I would love to actually know more about your journey. Um, you know, I'm excited to actually have you on our podcast too. So that, that, that'll be great. But I guess the, one of the questions is, what's your mission with your podcast and your listeners? So I have a twofold structure, right? On, on one hand, it's small business owners, entrepreneurs, and telling their stories much like your story, because there's someone else out there that may hear your story and be influenced by what you're saying. And that's why my platform is diversified based upon multiple principles of business structures, but the target audience is 100% entrepreneurs and business owners. That's that side. On the other side, you know, I I survived a stroke about two years ago. I had a full stroke and kind of woke up out of it like I'm going to make 100% recovery. And now I want to say, okay, what am I at that moment? I was like, okay, what am I leaving behind? Obviously, you have insurances, you have money, you have all these different things, but I've always been a guy that's more so building businesses behind the scenes was never in the forefront. And I'm like, what am I leaving as a legacy for my kids? What am I leaving behind to influence my grandkids? So I decided, like, I'm going to take these two and merge them together. 
I'm going to be able to give back to small business owners. I'm going to be able to give the stories of the people I'm interviewing that gives back to you to kind of use with marketing. And then I'm going to have a legacy of all this evergreen content that's forever going to be online for my kids and my grandkids moving forward. That is awesome. I love that. I, I didn't even think about that, but that is that is an amazing way to leave that because that trail that um, all your podcast series, all of them are going to have a story to tell. That is that's amazing. Yep. So, I mean, if you have any other questions, this is the time. If not, man, I, I, first of all, I want to say I appreciate your team reaching out. It was kind of like everything happens for a reason. I'm, I'm happy that we met. I'm happy to have an opportunity to interview you. And I definitely welcome you and welcome my audience to definitely take what you said and take action on what you said. Not just listen to it. Rewind, re-listen, take notes, and then take action. Yeah, I think the, the only other thing I would... Um this is an ask I would say is for the audience, if you do have something that you're challenged with, uh, please feel free to reach out. Um, I think even if it's not from a professional standpoint and say we're going to engage in working together, uh, I'm more than happy just to give you some insight in terms of how to deal with certain situations um, or, or improve certain things, whether it's in your business or your personal life. The other thing too, I, I would say is if there's any suggestions that you may have for me as an individual in terms of topics to talk about on a podcast or just in terms of a coaching program or whatever that looks like. I love to hear from people in terms of what they're mm -hmm. challenged with because ultimately that's what gives us value uh, for us to be able to provide better products and services for the people that we serve. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think, I mean, the fact that you left it open like that is, is a good thing. And again, listeners, if you have opportunity, I would definitely take note and fulfill that request. And I'm going to fulfill that request. I mean, just by hearing you talk and just seeing that what you have, I think you and I offline could probably talk about variable different things that we can package together to facilitate that to both our listeners. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, great. So, I mean, I definitely appreciate it, man. S.A. Grant, over and out. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncaged. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to becoming an Uncaged Trailblazer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. If this podcast has helped you or you have any additional questions, reach out and let me know. Email me at ask at sagrant.com or drop me your thoughts via a call or text at 762 233 boss that's 762-233-2677 i would love to hear from you remember to become a boss in cage you have to release your inner beast sa grant signing off listeners of boss in cage are invited to download a free copy of our host sa grant's insightful ebook become an uncaged trailblazer Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. Download now at www.bossuncaged.com forward slash free book.